What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. We are joined now by RSLE Nunez Lee, a program coordinator with the Segorate Land Trust, which is the parent organization of the Shumi Land Tax. RSLE is an undocumented resident on Ohlone land where she's lived for about 20 years. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Araceli, d- tell my listeners, what is the Shumi Land Tax? Why should people pay it? Yeah, so Shumi Land Tax was inspired by a Wyatt Tribe's Honor Tax. And so what that means is that we ask folks who live in the East Bay to consider their relationship with Ohlone land and consider giving a gift, which is what Shumi means. Shumi means gift in Chochenyo, which is the Ohlone Lashan um, language. And so we ask people to consider their relationship to the land, how they benefit from being in this space. We all know the Bay Area is beautiful and we're very lucky to be able to enjoy what this place has given us. And so we ask people to take this opportunity and directly support indigenous people in the Bay Area. So I was prepping for this interview uh, last night, and it, it, you know it's not the first time that I, that I've heard of the Shumi Land Tax. Um, a lot of the folks that I work with at APTP pay that tax. Um, full transparency, mm-hmm. I had not, and I was like, I can't get on the air and have this conversation, <laughs> <laughs> and not have done what it is I'm supposed to do. So I, I I did, and I went through the process, and there are several questions that are asked, and I wonder if you could just talk, and then then there's a number that's given about right, like what your tax should be. Can you talk about mm-hmm. how the Shumi land tax is calculated? Yes. So we want folks to understand that this is not just like everyone can pay the same amount. We also understand that people have different relationships to the land and how they utilize the land. So the Shumi tax is calculated through understanding how much space and how much do you pay for the space. So depending on the person, a person might rent. And so we do look at whether a person is a renter or whether they are a um, an owner of their home or of a business here in the Bay Area. And we calculate um, by how much space they take up and how much they pay for that um, space. And so the calculation right now is about 0.05% of what you would be paying for rent. And so we do ask folks to go over to our website. We have a calculator. You put in exactly the numbers and we give you an estimate. That is not exactly how much we ask. There's other ways for folks to get involved. But we know that in this space where uh, Segurite is attempting to purchase and being able to have more um, Indigenous-led spaces that we do require that um, support from people in the Bay Area. Maybe I should have started with this because maybe a little insider baseball and and part of me just sort of assumes that folks know about the amazing work of the Segorate Land Trust. (laughs) But could you please talk about uh, the Segorate Land Trust, the work you all do um, day in and day out um, in in the East Bay? Yeah, so some of the things that you might, folks might know about Segurite Land Trust right now has been one of the major things. You know, we just were able to receive uh, a land easement from the city of Oakland. And so one of the ways that we are engaging, not just with like the city, but with folks, is by creating 
post-cultural easement, that means that we're able to have folks have gathering rights and be able to access spaces, including um, some of our community gardens where we cultivate plants and medicine and we're able to grow that medicine and share it. We have also had some of our allies um, access privatized land and that allowed us to create um, the Lashon site, which we were, the Secretary Land Trust was able to build a ceremonial space for um, the first Ohlone Arbor in this territory for more than 200 years. So there are several things that also support the work that we do, including um, we have something called Hemetka, which is also um, just safety planning. And, you know, we live in an urban setting. And so being able to access um, resources in case of emergencies has been something that's in everybody's mind. And so that's something that we also support, along with um, being able to not just create beautiful spaces, but maintain them. Um, We right now have um, the opportunity to be able to work with the city of Oakland and be able to rematriate one of the sites um, that was formerly known as Sequoia Point. And so we're able to also dream up with the constituents in those spaces about what are some of the needs from the community and what that could mean, including um, building some of like, like I said, the arbors, we have our community gardens and especially important has been ceremonial spaces where alone people are able to um, hold ceremony and be able to pray. Again, in my prep for the interview, Arcel, I was reading various articles on Sigourte Land Trust and some of the work of the Ohlone community. And I just want to read something that was in an article in the Chronicle, I believe. Um, but it said, thousands of their, referring to the Ohlone people, ancestors' bones are locked away in museum basement boxes at UC Berkeley and San Francisco State University. Can you talk about that and what conversations are happening or not happening um, for for those items to be returned? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it really speaks to the history of Sogorte and how... Um, we all got started. And so as folks who are not aware, the Bay Area did have um, hundreds of shell mounds, which were ceremonial spaces um, for being able to bury our the Ohlone ancestors. And when the rapid urbanization started happening here in the Bay Area, we were able to um, see all of those sites being desecrated. And unfortunately, some of the Universities do still hold some of those remains. Um, in terms of some of the things that we're doing right now has been, we originally had a an event where we had folks return literal objects back to, um, to us. And what that meant was that we were able to either pass them on to their own relatives and to the objects relatives, or if they're part of the Lashanaloni tribe, we're able to rematriate them directly to the site. And so with the shell mounds, and especially right now during, you know, we just had um, Thanksgiving and the holiday, um, one of the things that Zagorte is doing is actively working with the community and figuring out where those remains might be, because people sometimes have them, not just institutions, and return them to their relatives. Um, just because you might be a collector doesn't mean that you're not holding sacred objects for people. And so 
we had a really good response from people around the Bay Area who were willing to give us their objects back. And I think that that's a really first step for people to acknowledge where these objects come from and what their significance are for Indigenous people. Um, and then for us, it's really important to be, of course, re- being respectful of objects that are not our own. And um, in in terms of the shell mounds, we are still holding um, prayer for, for the shell mounds and for the ancestors. And so the day after Thanksgiving, there tends to be a prayer walk from one of the shell mound sites to another. And so that this has been a tradition that Savorke has led. Um, and it's pretty much what got us started. Um, Karina Gold and Janelle LaRose, our co-founders, um, started out trying to protect the shell mounds while they were being... Um, desecrated in the East Bay. <clears throat> and so their dream with Sogorote has been to be able to preserve those places and um, have people understand where they are, along with being able to create ceremonial and community spaces near them so that people are able to um, still reach their ancestors. All right, Araceli, I have so many more questions, but we have to leave it there. We will have to have you and Mama Karina back on soon. Real quick, where can people go to learn more? And if they so choose, pay the Shumi Land Tax. What's the, what, what's the web? And learn more about Sogorote. What's the website? Yeah, of course. So our website is Sogorote Land Trust, and that's S-O-G-O-R-E-A-T slash Land Trust. And folks can Go in and on our tab, page Shumi, you can figure out your calculations, understand how we utilize Shumi, and learn from others who are paying Shumi what that means for them. All right, Araceli, thank you so much for joining us this morning. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.